we're live. We're live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast that is hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And tonight, on a very scary and terrifying night, we are joined by the lovely Kia. And I'll try and get all the puns out of the way. Now, <laughs> Kia has been a longtime supporter and friend of uh, the Nerdy Up North team and the podcast. But this is the first time Kia has come on as Kia. So Kia, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just Kia. Hello. <laughs> yes, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, so my main thing is I am an academic researcher and I specialise in horror studies and game studies. And I am a horrible little gremlin who enjoys sadistic, scary clowns. Yes. So, As you will find out tonight. <laughs> so we have an intellectual on the podcast tonight. So yes, so yeah. uh, we might be asking her to explain some of the words she uses or how uh, like pronunciations. <laughs> but yes, uh, it is going to be we, interesting. We did actually text each other saying, you know, Kay is going to bring so much intellect to this. We're going to have to up our game a bit. <laughs> Don't say this. No, you're setting the standard now. No People pressure. expect more of me. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. It's just shit. She knows nothing. It's okay. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's all a lie. Oh, bless. The chat's saying hello, Kay. So you're, you're making friends already. Oh, it's Chris. Shout out to Chris. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Uh, Christopher Reed's here. Wish he would fuck off. Um... Oh, Lee can be. Hi, Beth. Hi, uh, Everyone seemed to... Oh, Lee's there as well. So, yes, um, this is going to be probably what I would... I know it's going to sound weird me saying this, the most controversial episode that the Nerdy Up North team will talk about. Um, we'll let Sammy do her little things first. So, because as we did had a BBC interview on Friday, and Sammy said I have to remind her to do a little bit, which I'll do right now. <laughs> oh, are we doing? Are we doing? I'm not doing the disclaimer though. Am I? Not yet. I can do the disclaimer. We'll get the disclaimer out early. I think I'll do the disclaimer first. So everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group, the Discord, or the comment section where we can have an open discussion. Mm-hmm. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Yes. So... Amen. Amen. So (laughs) when me and Sammy started the podcast, we always said, doesn't matter what we do, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how we do it, we will Mm -hmm. always be positive. And yes. we will never slag anything <laughs> off. Okay. So anyone who's tuning in tonight to expect us to start slating this movie, it's not gonna happen. Uh, no. So but and I do mean this as a as a as a nice but I did struggle with the movie uh, as a whole. Because mm-hmm. it's it's I think I described it in the promo. This is probably one of the biggest Marmite movies out there at this moment in time when it comes to a franchise or the franchise as a whole. You either love this shit or you fucking hate this shit. There's no middle of the road with this. You either get on board or you get the fuck out the door. And I think that's probably the best way to describe this movie uh, or the movies as a whole. And if you've noticed as well, there's a little uh, poster in the corner of the Terrifier 3. There has been a big announcement this week that the the third one has been announced. And it looks like it's going to be a Christmas special. Yay, family. <laughs> Yay! So, what just, a wholesome family film to get into. So, okay. Hello. The, the big question we're going to ask is yes. why do you love this movie so much? Why okay. is this the one that you came to us and said, I want to do an episode of the Nerdy Up podcast 
talking about these movies because you've been okay. asking for it for a while now bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so twofold um mm-hmm. one is my own personal bias because with my research my research interests lie in the excessive in the aggressive the violent the taboo or the word that we use is transgressive mm-hmm. um transgressive meaning anything that goes against societal norms so typically the stuff that is very brutal very gory i'm very interested in that um because i'm interested in why our silly little brains enjoy these horrible things right also the other side of things is I think we are witnessing the dawn of a new age slasher icon. And I think that that's something really exciting to be a part of mm-hmm. when the majority of our slasher icons have been established since the 80s. I 100% agree with you on the second one, on yeah. the second point. Um, <laughs> we've brought this up on Monsters a fair few times. Art gets brought up when we talk about iconic characters. And I've always said, I for all, I am not ever so keen on these movies, I feel he is the the new age era of horror icon. Yes. And he's kind of fitting into the plethora of other horror icons. He has he has the look for it. So yes, I agree with you on that one. So so yeah, mm-hmm. that's one thing I did want to like I think that'll be a perfect jumping off point for like getting into these movies as well. Art the clown is <laughs> the scariest clown in horror. Like I'm sorry, Tim Curry. I'm sorry, Pennywise. I'm sorry, um, one of the the new ones. I can't remember his name because I'll probably say it wrong. Um, art is literally nightmare fuel. And I mean, this a silly gr- guy here. <laughs> yes, the guy, the guy right there. <laughs> and when you watch the movies, like say, and I say watch them because it's you normally like hiding your face behind anything that mm. that can get in front of it. Art is captivating. Like, yeah. like the performance of art itself is brilliant and in horror is absolutely perfect the way he unflinches and he doesn't have to say a word like we've had two movies now and art hasn't even said a word in these movies and he still conveys quite a lot of emotion quite a lot of intensity and you know through his eyes what's going on and to me i think that is the rubber stamp of approval for any type of movie if you've mm. got the main villain that does captivate and bring bring you in and then you just want to spend the full movie trying to get the fuck away from him as quickly and as fast <laughs> as possible i i know he does the conventions dressed as art as well and he's actually one of these people that i'm not scared of clowns i would not go the fuck near him though not a chance. Like, you, well, you best watch yourself that. on Sunday. I know. Sunday. I know. I, I am. I, 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 you, you, like Sammy's been to this pictures with me, and it's it's hilarious. Um, mm. I'm gonna be like that. I'm gonna just be smiling, but I'm gonna be thinking, "Fuck, get away from his fuck, get away from his fuck." <laughs> if he gets a little horn out, I'm gonna punch him in the face. But yeah, he will. <laughs> he will. <laughs> so talking about the first movie, like say with art coming in, it it's kind of like. A bit of a different approach to it like there's a lot of things that i would say when it comes to horror movies is very uh like it, it kind of takes the piss out of the like horror movies as a way as a way almost a similar to how screamed in, in a way where you're watching and you think this is going to be predictable this is going to be the final girl this is how it's going to go this is how it's mm-hmm. going to end when you get to the middle part of the film and certain things happen there is going to be spoilers in this as well um it takes you on a completely different ride than you're expecting. 
Like, if you take away all the, the gore, all the nastiness, I know, Kay, you're loving the nastiness and the gore, but if you take that out, the actual movie itself as a whole, the f I'll give it the first one, the second one we'll have a different conversation. I think the first one is a quite a clever storytelling the way it does it. Um, and I do like that about it. Like, it doesn't just go with the norm, like the Halloweens and stuff like that. Mm. But mm -hmm. that's where, like I say, my issue lies as well. Because I, I, I know when we've done episodes where we've talked about like our favourite horror films or favourite uh, scares and stuff, like Michael Myers is always a big one for me. And I love the stuff that you don't see with Michael Myers or you don't know. Now, with art and the Terrifier, it doesn't really leave too much to the imagination. Anything that he does, you see in abundance. And yeah. I can understand why that would be quite off-putting for a lot of people. Like, But yeah. as a whole... Mm. there's certain things it is probably the scariest and I, I don't mean this is disrespectfully b movie that i have ever seen if that makes sense oh yeah makes complete sense i mean to be honest it's you've touched on two of the things that are the reasons why i love the terrifier films mm. um so on the topic of storytelling and narrative terrifier wasn't our first introduction to art the clown no um <laughs> we'd actually seen art the clown before in damien leone's 2013 anthology series all hallows eve mm -hmm. which was a collection of three short films that he'd put together into this anthology series um and art the clown yet again did his heinous horrible act um and it was from that series that people were interested by this character and mm -hmm. obviously damien then i believe crowdfunded yeah the, the first film um, and obviously it was like he, he always gives kudos to the crowd and the, the audience for that in the sense that they funded that film they made it happen and it was all because of their the love for this this character that had come onto their screens and terrorized everybody and they just wanted more mm -hmm. um that being said i feel like when you're creating these short films it's difficult to capture a narrative without just throwing all straight at you in your face mm -hmm. now obviously the terrifier films are very in your face um yeah. there's there's no questions about that they are very upfront with what they're doing mm -hmm. they are very gory very brutal and very graphic but i think the perk with terrifier and terrifier 2 is that because we're now getting this long form content especially in terrifier 2 because of the length of it um the only yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> taking his time now to mm -hmm. go a bit more into that narrative and to draw it out rather than just trying to mash everything in into these mm. three short films and get the point across really quickly because you're trying to grab people's attention yeah yeah but with that as well because I, I found again this is just personal preference please don't come for us i found the terrifier one like lengthwise and floor wise floor better the terrifier two which are two hours 32 hours 40 it did feel harder to watch like a slog um i felt like it almost felt like, like being honest, two separate movies in one. Like the, you get the first half and then the second half where it goes absolute batshit crazy, like trying to keep up and trying to work out what's going on. But like the whole narrative of the first one, and I think I said it to my wife last night as well. Like that was the second time we sat down and watched it together. If if you can remember movies that came out in the nineties, uh, early two thousands from Australia, like mm -hmm. the Australian horrors, like the loved ones and stuff like that. There was yeah. very much that type of feel, um, almost like Wolf Creek feel to it as well, um, where you're not quite sure what's going on. There's bad acting, like like let's be honest, the acting, some of the acting, like that poor 
guy, the janitor guy, yeah. running around is some of the worst <laughs> um, like horror movie ask, acting you'll ever see. But... He is somebody. Mm-hmm. He is somebody. He's not an actor. Right. He is something to do with All Hallows Eve, I believe. Right. I believe. I did try and do some reading on this because I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to bring much to a conversation about this movie because I'm going to be honest, disclaimer, I didn't watch the second one. Couldn't watch it all the way through. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kay. Couldn't do it. I, couldn't, that's that's it. I nearly came. I nearly came, but I've never, I've, it's very rare that I'll turn something off. If I'm in it, if I'm in it, I'm in it. The only time I've ever done it before was with Doctor Robert Downey Jr.'s Doctor Doolittle. Ten minutes in, and I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> um, but there was a, there's a scene in the first um, in the first one that I'm not joking made us not just go cold, but mm-hmm. made me physically shrivel up inside, like legs crossed, the works. Like I have never felt that uncomfortable, and I was like, I don't really want to feel that uncomfortable again. Mm-hmm. Like my horror for me, is subtle. My kills <laughs> are predictable mm-hmm. and can be foreseen. But it's just, it's it, even for me, it's too much. It was, It's just too much. But yeah, that scene with her dangling upside down. and the, yeah. oh, no, no. <laughs> It's understandable. It is completely a fair criticism of the Terrifier films. And this is what I always say to people is that as much as I love Terrifier and Terrifier 2 is my favourite film still, I'm very mm. sorry, Paul. That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, um, it's down to personal taste at the end of the oh, day. Absolutely. If, if you can explain to me what Terrifier 2 is about, I might enjoy it. But this day I've watched it twice and I still like scratching my head when it starts going into the supernatural weird stuff. But um but yeah. Talking about the deaths, let let's get these let's get this bad boy rolling as well. Cause the brutal like you think you've seen one thing, but then they take it to the next level. Like I know like the Terrifier one, like the big like there's two big scenes that always that like stands out to me and it like will never leave us for the rest of my life. That when she's upside down and he's literally hacking her in half and you're seeing <laughs> things pour out of her and you're seeing hearing the screams it it's well done like practical effects like well amazing (laughs) Uh, like well done for doing it i'd like say i hope someone paid the 30 bills for the people who were involved and then later on when the homeless woman and you see art lying on the floor and he's and he's sculpted her and he's cut off her a, a chest and he's wearing them and just walking around is the I most... burst out laughing at that I'm sorry <laughs> I, I, it's not meant to be funny that's real but I could not stop laughing I literally just put a log on the burner and turned around and then that was there <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the most experiences I've had so that, that was like the two standouts in the first one then when we go into the Terrifier 2 can they have to ramp it up so everything is an explosion in this one. I, 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 that's what I know. It's like anything that happens is explosions. Like the poor mom, when he's, he's in the car and he gets the shotgun out and take, takes the shotgun to her face and her head doesn't just like get shot. It like blows up like scanner style. That that was amazing to see, like going back to that, that like the 80s for the effects there. But to me, when he's in that girl's bi- bedroom and he's like tortured her and then you think, oh, it's over. And he comes in with a bottle of bleach and a and basically a can of salt 
and he's pouring it over and rubbing the salt in, I've never felt my skin <laughs> wanting to leave my oh. body at all. And it's as I'm, even as I'm describing it, Kia's got the biggest smile. <laughs> as well. I just love it. Please. <laughs> so you know, it's it's an interesting thing though because so. With the, the theory of transgression, and I'm probably going to bang on about this a lot because, like mm. I say, it's it's something that I'm very passionate about with my work. Mm. But with the theory of transgression, there's this idea that once you do something that's so heinous and transgressive, you mm. then are creating a limit that must then be breached in order for something else to be considered transgressive. So this is something that Leone has even admitted to with the films is that, you know, when he writes and when he directs these films, he, he comes up with these horrific kills and then that to him is setting the bar and he wants to create something that's even worse even more shocking in the next one mm -hmm. so the hacksaw scene was mm -hmm. kind of what put terrifier on the map because yeah. it was so horrific and everyone was just so outraged and shocked by it which fair enough understandably mm -hmm. so <laughs> i do not condone the, the actions in the 80s that would not have been that would have been Banned. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Mary Whitehouse yeah. would have been, no, no, I'm picking it for this one. I'm sure I'm show me age now, sorry. Kia's like, who the fuck's he talking about? <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it, Paul. But like, yeah, that's you know, fine. But... <laughs> you stopped yeah, us from watching a lot of shit, kids, yes. put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> You've got this this horrible, horrible scene. Um, and then that is directly challenged in terrified too by the bedroom scene with mm -hmm. ali like you say where you think it's over mm -hmm. you think you've suffered the worst you've seen her elbow get snapped backwards mm -hmm. you've seen her skin be ripped off it's horrible and then just when you think he's done he comes running back in full mm -hmm. of joy with his bottle of bleach and all this salt and then he's actively rubbing the salt into her wounds and he is taking the greatest pleasure mm -hmm. <laughs> while he's doing all of this well, horrible stuff yeah but there's this idea of the spectacle Mm -hmm. um and i think there's something to be said about the fact that he is called art mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of fan theories going around as to why is he called art mm -hmm. um and i think it's something to look at in the sense of he takes his kills to be art right yeah. um so if we look at the hacksaw scene mm -hmm. the way he reveals dawn to tara is he has her covered in a white sheet and then yeah. he takes the white sheet off and, and it's reveals like, it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's and like it's very much yeah, art exhibition, very much mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. look at this, I want your reaction, what do you think of it? Um, and he, he's very much like a, a proud child almost, showing off yeah. his work. Oh, look at what I did. Um, tell me how fantastic it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the bedroom scene, um, we can say that in a way, obviously, the viewer, the spectator to the film is perhaps the viewer to the art exhibition. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also something to be said about the fact that once he's done brutalizing poor Ali, um, it cuts away and we get some other content. And then eventually it swaps back to that scene uh, mm -hmm. and we see Ali's mother entering the house and she realizes that the house has been broken into. Mm -hmm. uh, and she goes upstairs to the bedroom, obviously worried about what's happened to her daughter. And yet again, Art has taken the time to arrange her body on the bed to look as though she's sitting mm -hmm. um and it's again this idea of creating this almost exhibition this spectacle out of the kill right. um and showing the mother like look at what i've done because mm -hmm. i find it very hard to believe that ali who was on the floor and mm -hmm. having a hard time got mm -hmm. herself up onto the bed and arranged yeah. herself like that <laughs> no yeah. no i think she yeah. was out at that point uh, yeah but... <laughs> there was there was one death at the one kill in the first one i was pretty disappointed at was the uh, not the girly hacksaw the other one where he just shot her 
Far repeatedly yes. in the face. And I was like, oh, that just seems a bit half-assed. Like, you've just gone to all this effort to do what you've just done to then just shoot her in the face. Like, I just, it disheartened us a bit, but there was one scene with Tara that actually creased me was when he injects her hmm. and, he, and she collapses and he just goes... <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay, mm. okay. He's he's got a bit of a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. The thing with the Tara death, I, I, it was I, like she was the one that was meant to be like for me. What I thought was going to be the final girl. That's where yeah, yeah, that's this 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 is going. where the movie it became a lot cleverer mm. than I think a lot of people give it credit for because it it switched the narrative. It went like it made you focus, made you care. That's the thing. It made you care about in your way. Like, oh, yeah. she's going to get through. What she's going to get through. And like say, she got shot in the leg, shot in, shot in the side. And you saw, saw him standing over there and you expect him to click the gun and hear it like like an empty chamber. That's what you expected because horror, horror movie strobes. No, mm-hmm. all you hear is bang and you go, oh, fuck. And, but that's again, it's not the end. She's got a hole in her face and she's still breathing. She's probably choking on blood and she's lying there slowly dying. But it's kind of like, oh, a sister's because that's when the sister's then introduced. It brings in like what we think is going to be the hero. Think, oh, she's going to get her, she's going to like miraculously save her because she's been shot in the face. But no, that was the clever thing I, I thought. Like for the simplicity and the brutal of it, he just shoots it over and over again in the face, like not just once, he em- em- <laughs> empties the round to her face is no more, like almost gone. Because as Keir said, the artwork that he kind of do, he always kind of focused on the face is like non non viewable because even when he's in uh, the morgue like the start the terrifier too he takes the guy's eye out but then it's like bludgeoned the face and about it's... eyes yeah <laughs> I'll think about her eyes I generally thought Tara was the girl at the beginning mm. right uh, yes. the, the interviewee mm. I thought mm. that was her yeah mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's fucking predictable and then when she died I was like oh oh you were wrong mm-hmm. very wrong <laughs> um that did not give me I had to pause it just to have a look at her face yeah because I did not understand what was going on with the makeup I am really fascinated about horror makeup mm-hmm. and makeup in general and even though I look like an absolute tramp today but I still had I'm very <laughs> interested in it and I had to pause it to have a look at it because I couldn't quite understand what was going on with her eye yeah and I couldn't quite figure out if she got something over it to make it look like, oh, has her <laughs> eye just, have they just flattened it? Mm. I could not quite tell it's probably what like, was going on it, with that makeup. Because at the end of the movie, he was eating her face. So she's probably got yeah. no skin left. So it's just basically putting a layer of it's, skin over her face to try and cover it. It's the eye. Yeah, but so the, rather the than having a socket or a hole, so having a hole, it was just a, like a layer of skin that was put over her face. But, it just looks. It yeah. looked so bizarre, but I mean, it wasn't until the very end mm-hmm. where it kind of like like goes a sepia tone over the top of her face, and you can kind of see like the outline, so I can see where our sockets oh. are and see. I was just. It just looks bizarre to us, but it was really interesting makeup. Really interesting makeup choice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just laughing at the chat. Uh, Lee's just said someone's getting eaten. I bet Sam loved that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Sam did turn away and couldn't actually watch that scene. So, yeah, I don't do cannibals. (laughs) With the, um, Mm -hmm. sorry, with the the whole gun thing, though, as well, this was a point that Leone actually made, um, because a lot of people do find the gun quite jarring in the sense that Mm -hmm. Art's committed all these horrible, violent murders, and he he hasn't used a gun, because I think a gun is very final. and Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's quite basic compared to Mm -hmm. all of the other kills that he's 
that mm-hmm. he's performed. Yeah. Um, but even Leone said the reason why he gave Art that gun is because he didn't want people to just expect these over-the-top mm. kills. Ah, and he wanted right. to show that he can just be very just basic ki- in the sense that he could yeah. just pull a gun out any second and just kill you. That's um, how unpredictable he is. He yeah. could generally just, he doesn't have to be so elaborate all the time. He yeah. could just quite easily pull a gun out and done and dusted. Yeah. It's not all a spectac- like a spectacle for him. I actually yes. really like that because I generally, when I'm on like viewing it, this is my second viewing of it. And I must admit the first time I watched it, I was not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I fell asleep during it actually. How <laughs> oh, could um, you have fallen asleep? Fuck off. <laughs> I think I <laughs> did fall asleep during it. Um, yeah. But the, I, I, obviously I paid attention last night mm-hmm. and I just thought when, on initial watching, I was like, oh, that's a bit of, that seems like a bit of a cop out, mm-hmm. but I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. It doesn't and it's need also... to be a cop out. It just needs to be, he can, this is, he could just quite easily do that. Yeah, yeah. it's very final, very shocking. And it's also the fact that uh, Leonie pointed out that obviously you don't see the likes of Myers with a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just did. don't expect it. <laughs> 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 Um, so no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's jarring, and you you don't expect him to just pull it out. And the yeah. fact that, like you say, he then does continue to brutalize her in the sense that he doesn't just shoot her once; he is mm-hmm. unloading that clip into her face. Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, and you see it all. It's one time. It's the one time I've noticed in horror that they showed it because mm-hmm. normally when it comes to face we don't really see a lot we'll see a side view we'll see yes. the fact we'll see a gun pointing we don't really see the impact on the face until after it's the fact no. that they showed him it, you could see every entry point well, and i was if, like oh with all the facial kills they showed like quite uh details like like the one where his face kept batting you saw saw the jawline and the teeth come out of place and i like sorry if anyone's watching has got a bad stomach it was like say some of the jarring things that you're seeing what you sometimes imagine, um, but art takes it to the level that you you probably couldn't imagine at mm. the brutalization. So showing that, the only question I've got again, not to slate the film or anything, the supernatural element that comes in yeah. at the end. Yeah. Would you again just down to personal opinion and personal faith? Would you think it would have been a a scarier or well not probably scarier is probably the wrong word because it's a fucking terrifying movie i'm not gonna lie <laughs> would you think it's would be more palatable or more taken seriously if it was like the strangers or like where it was a human entity that art was instead of making them like a supernatural being i think people certainly would have gotten on board with it more mm. if the supernatural element wasn't there because i think it it does throw a lot of people off Mm-hmm. Uh, and I completely get that. Um, but Leona has said that, you know, with Terrify 3, we're going to be exploring that more, why that is the case. Um, right. It's obviously, it's hinted at a little bit in Terrifier 2, yeah. in the sense of we get introduced to the little pale girl. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It hasn't necessarily been confirmed as of yet, but popular fan theories say that the little pale girl um, is essentially Emily Crane, which was one of Art's first victims. So we see mm-hmm. this uh, newspaper clipping report um, mm-hmm. of this young girl being murdered at a carnival. Yeah. Um, her name's Emily Crane. And mm-hmm. the theory is that there's a demonic entity who uses Emily's, um, mm-hmm. like, well, her, her image, essentially, yeah. to connect with Art the Clown and to give him these supernatural or demonic powers. So there is definitely a narrative there and the narrative will be furthered supposedly in Terrify 3. So hopefully it'll make a bit more sense. But obviously mm-hmm. at the minute, it does seem like a bit of a 
or we'll just shove it in there and mm. we'll add another element. Yeah. But yeah, I actually like that. Yeah. I like the fact that they have that supernatural element to it without actually giving you the full explanation just yet. Because mm. but but knowing that there is one, that there is a reason for it, because the likes of Michael and Jason and and Freddie, they don't really like there's the, not a lot of explanation as to how they actually get up and walk away. They have with Jason now because they have, they Jason, have conf- that's they, why I didn't confirmed with Jason because yeah, I know, yeah, confirmed he's a deadite, isn't he? He's part he's of the deadite, evil, de- yeah, evil dead network be, now. That was, but that was way, way down the line though. Mm-hmm. Um, and it they don't really like expand on the because there is a paranormal exp- like thing to it, mm. but it's not really expand and explained. And if they are going to do it in the third one where they elaborate more on it, it's something that a, a horror I- like icon has not mm. actually done before. Well, like, quite well like that. everywhere in the horror industry or horror like narr- like thing that like we suspend belief a lot. Like come to the Chucky mm. movies, we believe a, a toy can be possessed by a, the spirit of a serial killer and go around and like. Well, they can't. Um, <clears throat> he keeps on looking at us though but, um, <laughs> but yeah so to suspend a little bit of belief is fine I, I, I get that but as a whole I think as a, the Terrifier works like especially the first one the second one does delve into the supernatural and again I can get on board if they're giving us the narrative and, and telling us why that is but with the first one it was kind of like a bit of a shock to the system where yeah. you think it's just a, a man lost his shit and went right I'm going to fuck a lot of things up and it and that's the scary thing to me where it could happen now. It could happen. Sit, you could be sitting in a calf and some weird fucker in the calf could be looking at you and then you can try and take the piss and then end up like, <laughs> having, so the, ha- having the worst experience of your life. But then, then for I couldn't to... help but take photographs of each and every pose he made last night. I even went back. I was like, "Oh, that is so fucking cool." That's so good. But that's where the personality of art comes about because, like, see, as 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 a terrifier films as well, the terrifiers wouldn't work if art wasn't as captivating because it would just be glorified yeah. mess. And you just had someone with like a sack on his head, or I even I would dare say it, Michael Myers couldn't get away with what art had done. People would have not loved it as much because of the way art goes about and brings that little bit of personality. Like when like in the first terrifier movie when she's hiding in the locker. And he's creeping up the stairs and he sees her and does the thing that Kay just did there before. There's a little point to her <laughs> and stuff like that. That is pure horror. That is good horror te- storytelling talent, building yeah. tension. That's where the film has its strong points. And that's where a lot of people do forget that there is more to these movies than just blood and guts. It's I think it's because the blood and guts are so intense and ramped up that... Mm-hmm these little elements and stuff do get lost and I'm, I'm and this is coming from someone that doesn't like the movie per se because it's not my taste but i mm. can appreciate yeah the elements of what they got right because a lot of the film like i'll talk about the second one in a second but a lot of the first one got so much right as a horror film and if you took like if we'd got like a ungore cut of the terrifier i think it would be like say, like it would one. It would probably get a cinema release because I don't think the Terrifier got a cinema release. It went straight to DVD, and people would probably oh, appreciate gosh. it more. But now it's got the reputation as being one of the goriest horror movies out there. It's almost like the shock factor. People say, "Oh, let's watch the Terrifier tonight because of the reputation." But mm-hmm. rather than the reputation, there's elements 
to it that could be a good good horror movie or like it is a good horror movie i'm sorry i'm not slating it there but it's, no it's simple sim- i know i know you, i do know it's, what it's, you it's mean. the same like like i think i had this conversation when we talked about ghostbusters before if you take the ghost the jokes out of ghostbusters you've got a scary horror form in the making with ghostbusters with some of the best jump scares and again with art you've got some of the best tension and stuff some of the stu- more stupid decision making like it's like they watch not watch horror like at one point she leaves the garage leave leaves the building and i was like yes she's got out and she goes the fuck back in a garage i was like <laughs> why like that just makes no sense That's to tall. me in the world that gave us the lovely scene where he's sticking a horn through the door and just <laughs> He's going haywire with it. It's so good. (laughs) Yes. But one of the things that you were mentioning there, Mm -hmm. um, that you were touching upon, so you mentioned it when you spoke about Michael Myers, and it's this idea of the silent killer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the things that sets Terrifier apart from the likes of Myers, for example, Mm -hmm. um, it's this idea of justice. Mm -hmm. So justice is developed by a german theater practitioner and it's the idea that you essentially use gist or attitude in your actions to convey things without using actual words so if you put that into the context of stage performance or theater i think a lot of people would generally think of mimes um obviously art has some striking similarities to a mime in the sense that he's all black and white he doesn't talk he's very theatrical um and it's one thing for a mime to motion that they're trapped in a box by, you know, doing the hand movements. Yeah. But it's another thing for a mime to use their facial expression to act panic, to quickly turn and be really theatrical and over the top. And that's something that art does throughout his entire performance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's quite a refreshing thing to see in the sense that you don't get that with the likes of Myers, who is very cold, very rigid. Yeah. And that works for Myers' character, absolutely. But... Yeah. We don't just want to see the same recycled tropes. We want to see something yeah. new added to the genre. And for me, that's where Art the Clown really shines mm-hmm. because we're getting this really over-the-top theatrical guy who still hasn't said a word. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Leone even said himself, you know, even if we want to take this into clown territory and only use clowns to juxtapose this, mm-hmm. um, Pennywise was used as the antithesis to Art the Clown. Yeah. He looked at Pennywise and said, okay, how do we make this the complete opposite? Yeah. Well, Pennywise talks, art's not going to talk. Pennywise has colour, art's black and white. Um, so it's this complete juxtaposition to what we've seen in the horror genre, yeah. and it's bringing something it is. new. It is, and it's and I think for all timers, it's a quite a scary idea that you are bringing something new to the horror genre, even though we're begging for it, we're dying for it. But when you do it, we're like, oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, but it's it, it, you're absolutely right. There was some things that I was reading about last night. It was um the prosthetic side of things and why the original art didn't come back into it because he he could not stand the prosthetics whereas the art that we have now fucking loved it and just decided that once it was on it was just staying on and he's never took it off since (laughs) he just keeps it on but i was it just intrigued as i I had a look at pictures just to see where these prosthetics were fitting and Mm -hmm. the sculpture of his face is so unique the idea of just using black and white Mm -hmm. for a clown especially when you've got like yes pennywise but you've also got that one from american horror story he was full of color as well um clowns ideally are meant to be colorful and mm. scary and he is the complete opposite of that i love and i say this a lot on monsters i love the fact that he is part of this now pantheon of 
-hmm. of icons I use that word a lot when it comes down to art because I can't sit there and say I think the film's great wonderful (laughs) I can't can't do it because it's again it's just not my cup of tea I'm not a gore person to start with um, but that's, I think that's quite an impressive statement to make, though. Even if the film, one, let's be honest, isn't the best film. Two, doesn't look the best. But if you've got a character that can not just sustain, but over, like, basically overdo, or I can't think of the right word, basically like, oversell it itself, where people mm-hmm. are watching for art, not the movie. Yeah. I think that. That's the only way you can do it is describe it. Now, Mm. as as you said, with Sammy not being able to watch the the second one, I I, couldn't do it. I got (laughs) to about the two hour mark, but I've I have watched it before and watched it like like all the way through. Um, why is this one your favorite? (laughs) (laughs) Now tell us your little twisted self why this one like is like superior. I know. I'll I'll give it a stew. It starts a lot better, like the start. Like it's a more interesting beginning, and you start getting some interesting characters from the start. Like the family that he terrorizes, shall we say, are like interesting. I, I do feel sorry for the little boy. It, like say, if it, he he is basically just like a teenage boy that's everything's going wrong for, um, and they've recently lost the father. But they don't really go into it too much about the father. Just that he was having visions. And the, the sketchbook was the important thing like say, around yeah. the situation there. And that's where it starts going a bit strange, shall we say. Like when the visions and like uh, the fire... <laughs> what a word room... to use, strange. <laughs> yes, but that, that's the thing because you, you think it's going to be a simple horror movie that goes from A to B, but it goes from A to Z to Q to Y then goes back to, to see and you're going, what the fuck is going on here? Because you get lost. It's a maze to try and keep up and like see what's going on. But it does keep you in the two. Like uh, the scene that you've got in your like your backdrop there is one of the most entertaining scenes with us. He looks adorable, man. Just because, <laughs> just because of the I can't I can't think of the the the, the lady's name who uh, who who the who was in with Sienna, Sienna. Lauren Libera, yeah her performance in there where she is physically terrified of art and you see she just wants to get the fuck out the shop and that guy behind the till i was glad he got killed in the end because he was doing my fucking tits in how long oh, he was man. taking he was like oh yeah i'll do this i'll put this in the bag no i don't yep. want the bag. i'm gonna put it anywhere who the fuck gives away free carrier bags these days like oh, come sorry on. man <laughs> <laughs> stop trying to be helpful trying our best. <laughs> <laughs> but yes um but his death as well was brutal and like you thought oh he's gonna look after himself but he gets a bottle smashed to the side of his head and just flung over and his head just gets caved in in so many different ways to sunday and it's just like nightmare it is just like literally art doesn't discriminate no he will treat everyone the same and he will absolutely brutalize everyone that he comes across but again we've got that idea of the spectacle because after he finishes that kill Mm -hmm. there's a um a mother and her son walking past the store thing and the son's like peering into the store and he's like oh they're closed mm-hmm. um and you see art just standing grinning holding this head um but he's standing amongst all of the other like animatronics and stuff so the kid's just like wow that looks so cool mom mm-hmm. and again it's this thing of art wanting to display his kills yeah. and get this like gratification this mm-hmm. reaction from people of like wow so cool <laughs> <laughs> so how would you survive art though that's the thing because there's not many people that 
meet Art and lives to tell the tale. Like, physically, because the guy in the laundrette, he sits there and, like I say, all he's trying to do is have a bit of nap and Art's washing his clothes and having a bath. Fantastic scene, by the way. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) It is one of the most bizarre scenes. When you see him there just reading the newspaper and seeing this accident, he's, like, laughing his head off. Yeah. (laughs) And... Then that that's the first introduced to the little girl. And to be honest, when I saw your makeup tonight, I thought your hair was going to be in the bunches and everything as oh, well. Should have, should have. When she came in, it was like that was me going, "What the fuck is going on?" As well, that 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 was like "What the fuck" moment. And then when she relieves herself, I think it's probably the best way we can see it. Yeah, is just again, it, the scene is there to try and upset. It's not. It's it's to make you feel uncomfortable, which it does a very good job. But then, it as you said, it's followed up by patty cakes. Yeah. And yeah, like one of the most innocent <laughs> things you could see, and it's just horrific. It's just like you're watching it going, that that that's like thing, and that, that that's why I, I when it comes to the second movie, I enjoy the first half of the movie a lot because I'm following it. I'm I mean I get, I'm feeling the narrative, and then when. It starts going a bit out there, and like as you said, if we get the explanation in the Tower of Fire three, great. But I was getting confused, like the little girl then possessing the phone and talking as the little boy that they've injected, uh, to, to kidnap. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? Then we get basically the fun house, like the madhouse that that reigns supreme. Um, but yeah, it it was a lot, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> See, one of the things that I love about it is obviously, again, it's all excess and it's all the stuff that I love because I'm a horrible little gremlin and I I admit that. But even if we're looking at things like, so the weapons that he uses, for example, because I've just seen someone in the chat there. Oh, it's our lovely Paul talking about um, a lot of the killers are a bit stale in the sense that it's the same concept. Oh, he's right. He's absolutely right. But with art, what I love, and this sounds very sadistic, and I do apologize, but it's his weapon of choice. Mm -hmm. The fact that he has this cat of nine tails type weapon that is made up of all horrible, (laughs) (laughs) the sharpest objects he can find. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just I love it. I think it's it's fresh, it's new, um, and it is absolutely horrific. You know, the the towards the end of Terrifier 2, you've got this scene where I think. Horror tries to stay away from involving children. Mm-hmm. Um, Massively. Hugely. Yeah, understandably so. Um, especially when you're looking at things like video nasties and you look at all the stuff that happened with Child's Play 3 mm-hmm. and in terms of people thought, you yeah. know, kids kids will be affected by this if they consume this content or what does it say about adults who consume this content? So mm-hmm. there's, there's a whole history of children and horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the safest way for horror to navigate that so far has been including children as the spooky ones. The yes. children are the ones that are possessed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that we inflict violence upon the children because people tend not to like that and that puts mm-hmm. people off. Yeah. You can understand why. Mm-hmm. But at the end of Terrifier 2, where you've got this young kid, Jonathan, who is just being laced into by art with mm-hmm. this horrible cat and nine tails weapon. And then we've got this like selfless act of sienna you know covering her brother and then she's getting hit and then it swaps to slow-mo and you can hear the the whip cracking you can hear the the sharp tools as they're digging Mm. into her it is absolutely horrific but in terms of sound design and cinematography i think Mm -hmm. it's fantastic um and someone did make a good point that um there's a lot of biblical imagery Mm. in terrifier 2 Um, oh 
very obviously so with Sienna being an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we are told that it's this character that her dad had envisioned and he drew in the sketchbook and stuff like that. And she's made this cosplay of this very like Dungeons and Dragons fantasy-esque character. And she's she's going as that for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but even Jonathan pulls up the picture at one point of Sienna and he's like, it's almost like dad knew um, mm-hmm. this is you uh maybe it was a vision mm-hmm. um because then there's there's a drawing about the clown on the next page and stuff like that um and it's that image of the girl holding the head of a demon mm-hmm. um in terms of this biblical imagery there's there's this whole thing of you know the the angel slaying the demon cutting off its head um i'm gonna be honest i don't know the bible all too well folks no, don't. oh god it's all lies that, don't that worry might, <laughs> might be a surprise i don't know um <laughs> but there are a lot of biblical stories that center around these angels who are cast out from heaven, who have to go through these trials to prove themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And Damien makes direct reference to that in the sense of, um, so we have the lovely clown cafe in Terrifier Mm -hmm. 2. And I was doing some research on what that clown cafe is meant to symbolize, but they're lovely little I kind of wish I watched this now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and Leone had said that the whole point of that scene essentially was to act as this trial for Sienna. And this is her being put in front of this horrible demonic clown who she is already terrified of. Yeah. Um, and it's this test of her will and her might to actually stand up against him. Mm. Um, and we get that scene where she's so everyone's been gunned down. People have been set on fire. It's horrible. There's a dead mm. child at a breakfast table because mm-hmm. he was eating cereal that was covered in razor blades and crickets um and maggots and then, as well i remember the maggots, yeah, maggots. <laughs> oh no 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 and no then, no no, no. sienna is crawling <laughs> through this while art's just slowly creeping after her um mm. and then she reaches in to the art crispy's cereal mm. box and you can hear the blades slicing her skin you can you can mm. see that she's in all of this pain but the closer art gets the more she's digging around she's completing yeah. a trial she's overcoming the fear and then she pulls out this this mm. sword which is the sword that her father gave her and mm. it deflects the flames and she wakes up to her entire room just being on, on fire. fire. Yeah. So then we have that the supernatural is bleeding into the real world and it's, you know, you've mm. got all these questions of how did that happen? Was it real? And of course, her mother just blames Sienna and she's to like, To be oh, fair, her mother's a twat. Like, her mother's her not, mother... a nice, <laughs> is not a nice oh person. Oh my God. Yeah. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it's it's one of those things. The more you talk, and again, this is why I wanted to talk to you. Yeah, about, I mean, It's like, say, it's not like you're convincing us that this is why we should enjoy it. It's like there's things that we do miss and there's things that we don't like we don't get type thing. Like I say, yeah. we're not perfect. And for someone yeah. that does get it, it's so lovely or entertaining to hear because rather than someone just coming on and saying it's gory, it's bloody, you got to love it. But there's so, yeah, it's too. Metal. Um, yeah. <laughs> the one thing I do want to say as well, because you mentioned it as well, the sound, like both yes. movies as well. A lot of things it could have been because art, as you said, art doesn't say a word, but he doesn't need to. But everything he does, everything blow, slice, or anything, the sound is ramped up to the levels where it's almost like your teeth's on fire. And that razor blade, there's there's two scenes with the razor blades. The one in the first one where he's just you're first getting induced and he's just like laying into it, and you're seeing a face being cut apart because it's not just like back or legs, it's hands, it's everything, everything where you don't want to be cut. But then in the Terrifier two, oh, and, the, and going back to the most horrific scene as well, the bedroom scene, the first cut on a face isn't just on a face or a cheek; it's down a head, through right through her eyeball. 
you yeah. see eyeball get cut in half. Yeah. And that's just one of the most horrific things. <laughs> I, like, I, 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 when when you said the, like the razor blades and stuff, it just jumped back into the imagery in my face. Fucking eyes water, <laughs> and it'll never leave you, type <laughs> thing. But that's <sighs> one thing about these movies as well. You will never forget them once you've seen them. They will steer with you. They will, good or bad, you yeah. will always, it'll always be a reference point as well. So I, oh sorry, go on. No, no, it's fine. Go on. I was just I was just gonna kind of reiterate what you've just been saying there. Um, I get ex for all that I could not face or finish or even I couldn't do it with the second one. I knew by talking with you, I would want to watch it by the end of it because that's what I do. I have to. Someone has to like jeer it on. Mm-hmm. almost for us to be like oh, fuck yeah i want to watch this and i kind of want to watch it but i kind of don't want to watch it by myself because i need i'm gonna need somebody to react we can have a sleepover need... that's okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> done deal right you go there sorry i've got dogs climbing all over us so um so Kate, your, your friend in the, the chat donna o'brien who won a t-shirt as well your t-shirt has been ordered as yes. well um Wants a shout out as well as your art terrifier buddies as well. She doesn't want to be left behind. <laughs> no, no, big shout out to Donna. She's gonna get um an art the clown tattoo shortly, oh. I believe. Oh, um <laughs> referencing <laughs> this this very moment. Um, because honestly, we absolutely love that scene and we laugh about it all the time. We even mm-hmm. changed our work desktop mm-hmm. uh screens to have the little scenes from that because it's it's just so it's hilarious um, where, you know, Sienna is absolutely terrified of this clown. Mm-hmm. She is visibly shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got this super serious shot of Sienna being terrified. And then it just flicks to this in the background. <laughs> and he's just having the time of his life. And yeah. then every time it changes back to him, he's doing something else. So you've got this, you've got the sunflower glasses. And then mm-hmm. you turn back to him and he's got the, he's doing this and he's, mm-hmm. he's having a great time. And then he's got these horrible eyes on springs that he's just bouncing around and having a great time with have you noticed how that art always turns when he gets told <laughs> off though because like in yes. both movies because there's a turning point like when he was in the pizza shop he got turned told off for shitting and doing horrific things so, in the toilet this is an interesting point one of the theories regarding why art does what he does is it's tied to a bit of uh misogyny hmm. and there there are theories flying around that essentially art either has some mother issues or he's had a run-in with a woman in his past mm. um, and he, it's turned him into a bit of a misogynist um, in the sense that, so we have the character of the cat lady in the first Terrifier mm. film yeah. and she she's crazy um, and it's assumed <laughs> yes, it's assumed that she's the mother of Emily Crane the little pale girl um, demon oh, right. type thing. Oh, that would make sense especially with the fact that like a doll and she was so, absolutely convinced it was real yeah mm-hmm. it's this scene with the doll um mm-hmm. she refers to the doll as emily yeah right um so people are sort of drawing conclusions there it hasn't been confirmed yet um but obviously there's this scene where art has supposedly taken emily and the mother's looking for the doll and she's like oh where, where's it gone and she finds art and then she's like oh please give me the doll back it's my baby um and then she turns around and she goes have you ever felt a mother's touch and it's really odd and really random um and then she's on the floor and she's hugging this cradling him. Mm-hmm. yeah cradling him and stroking him and... Mm-hmm. and he's sucking his thumb and he's going along yeah. with it um and then the next scene is obviously we're greeted by the lovely art just sauntering out as a woman 
because he's yeah. done horrific yes. things to her. And that honestly, wish the to God. The Lamb's Mormon, shall we say? Honestly, <laughs> I was waiting for goodbye horses. <laughs> Would you fuck I, me? Honestly, I went to one because <laughs> I thought it was a common moment. I generally thought she was going to be all right in that moment. I was like, oh, okay, she's giving him a cuddle. It's all okay, you know, mm. hair strokes and everything. I'll just go and stick a log on the fire. <laughs> And then I come back to that. Yeah. And I was like, what? The That's the thing. You never turn you never this? turn away from the screen. Never turn away. No. Um, but then the other turning point, the second way he gets told off for the second time is when he's in the store. As you said, when he's trying on all the things and it's hilarious. But soon he's, he puts the blower in his mouth. You gotta pay for that shit. And he wasn't happy about that. Yeah. Ooh. So maybe that like that argument of the whole he's had a run in with a woman, like a lot of people think as well, maybe it was a mother figure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. because whenever, like you say, whenever someone tells him off, whenever someone says to him, like, you, you can't do that, that's when he gets really mm. angry that, no, I can. Yeah. Um, and I'm going, it, it, almost like a defiant child when they've mm. been told off, he doubles yeah. down on it and he's yeah. really in your face about <laughs> doubles it. Down. <laughs> <laughs> doubles down. Doubles down. I mean, he takes these temper tantrums quite seriously. Like, yeah. there's no holding back on him. I tell you what, I did get from the first one was a lot of feeling of, and I think I said this to Paul, I felt like I was watching Cradle of Fear at one point. Mm. The whole vibe and aesthetic of that movie just took me back to Cradle of Fear, and I was like, is Danny Phil's going to come out somewhere at some point? <laughs> is Emily Booth around? I was like, and I, but I actually really loved mm-hmm. the aesthetic of it. Is that the same in the second one, or is it kind of evolved, like, color-wise? Like color because in the it colors, it's very browns and greys and dirties and it's you can, you can it's tell they're using an expensive camera in the second one like the, right. the, 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 the like the photography side and the like the film side of it 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 look it's night and day with the shots uh, the, the the film's like a director of photography in this movie in the second one you can tell it wasn't just someone saying point and click as i think it was but in the first one is the uh, palette is the palette though changed from grimy to a bit more brighter because, yeah it's, yeah it's very 80s like We've got lots of muted like oranges and blues, cool yeah. tones. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this was another thing that Leone has addressed in the sense that the first one, because it was crowdfunded, obviously mm-hmm. they were on a bit more of a budget yeah. with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he liked the vibe of the like grindhouse horror. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he said you that get for that Terrifier... completely. <laughs> yeah, and he said for Terrifier three, they want to revisit that. Right. Um, no, that's so cool. Grindhouse. Mm-hmm. But when you contrast that with the fact that it's meant to be a Christmas film, um, it's going to be really, really interesting. <laughs> I must admit, I am. I, I, for all this is not my film, and I wish it was because he is so. I want to be on that fucking hype train. Like I want to be a, a like a part of it. Um, but watching all of the reactions, like especially from the second one coming out, it was. I've never seen a divide. Yeah, like a proper full-on divide it was mm. half and half people either really fucking loved it or they really fucking hated it mm. and but then watching everyone's reaction to the third one it's like hang on did you did, you didn't i don't understand like you didn't like the second one now you're on the fucking hype for the third one mm. um but i must admit i watched that trailer and i was like oh that seems pretty seems pretty cool mm. <laughs> <Not gonna lie. laughs> that's the thing like as you said art is like if you take art out of the terrifier movies he could literally go into any franchise and make it new and make it better which is a weird thing to say like if you put art in the screen movies it would up amp the screen movies up to to 10th degree 
if you had like as you said we had freddy versus jason imagine freddy versus art like, <laughs> like what fucked up imagination or like what what kind of that you would play on type thing i think when you come down to verses with art you need somebody who is the complete opposite to him so you need the fucking chatterbox you need someone for art to be like totally contempt of that yeah i don't mind fucking this person up just to get him to shut the fuck up like how many pennywise? times can, can any yeah, pennywise? pennywise versus art oh god no pun intended i think terrifier art the clown would absolutely clown on pennywise like, <laughs> <laughs> he really would honking at them deadlights so. but yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> as you said with the third one, um, it's with it coming out, like, when's it coming out? When's it due? Because uh, is it next, this year or 20, next year? Hasn't no, next, been announced year? fully yet. Right. I'm but, sure I saw somewhere, and you could be completely wrong, but I'm sure someone said November 2024, hmm. but I could be completely and utterly fucking wrong. Hmm. No, my love will come out next week or something, and I'll be like, okay, you were so I wrong. Wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think this will get a figure to release? Just with how... No. no um already leone has said that he took the script idea and stuff like that to a few production companies and straight away they said no uh we are not doing that because uh i watched an interview with him recently and he said that basically with this one they want to go beyond the limits not just of terrifier but of horror in general um so like we said earlier Horror tries not to include children in its mm. violence because it's it's just one of those things. There's like there's essentially this pyramid in mm. in theories about like the, the pyramid of taboos essentially, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and violence against children is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know whether you guys have seen Saw Ten. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it. Um, it was quite interesting that they put a child in the trap. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. And I was thinking, wow. <laughs> I have never I have never tried to scratch a screen on my television <laughs> screen as much to get that child out of that situation. What's um, saying that though? That that was the thing that Kramer didn't plan though. That was like the only thing he didn't yeah. have planned. No, but, yeah, yeah, he didn't he didn't foresee that one. No. But when it comes to children in horror, um we talked about this for a, an upcoming episode on Monsters Sleepaway Camp. Now that is a whole fucking horror film full of children. Now, kids, we're too of... young to have even heard of this movie. Kay, <laughs> it is one of the greatest and most terriblest horror films of the 19... of 19... It's 40 years old. <laughs> um, but it, it is full of kids and there is... And there's some kids who fucking deserve to get what they get and there's some that don't. And that is the most uncomfortable watching is the kids that don't. Let's pretend, you know, be honest, it's probably the last time I've seen full-on children in a horror film. Seeing that, though, you've, we've seen one quite recently. Go on. Evil Dead Rises. Oh, yeah, there's kids the kid, in that. The kids didn't make it out of their life. Well, one did. Well, one. The one that she looked like she was an extra in the poltergeist, but still. Um, <laughs> she was fucking class. But I do, get what, I do get what you mean with the whole the kids thing. And I did, but I, it is starting to kind of like creep in a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Mike Flanagan's use, obviously, a lot of children when it comes to House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. But that is not kind of the same aspect of horror, is it? That's more... What's in that though? The kids made it out of Midnight Mass. So the two kids li- lived... 
So well, yeah. it's it's this whole argument that people talk about all the time about us becoming desensitized to horror. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, and, you know, massively. Yeah. <laughs> massively. <laughs> it's one of those things where the more we consume, it, it goes back to that thing I was originally talking about with transgression, where mm-hmm. one limit creates a further limit to be breached. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, when The Exorcist came out, people hated it. They were terrified. It was so scary. The original Exorcist. Um, now we've got the Exorcist Believer, and I think it's it's nothing compared to the original Exorcist. Yeah. Well, no, it's never going <laughs> to be the original. <laughs> My mother-in-law is still to this day that scared of the just the idea of the Exorcist. She won't even look at me fucking trainers. Mm-hmm. I have Exorcist vans, and she refuses. She doesn't even like us wearing them in the house. The idea of that film has scarred her. She won't even talk about it. Um, but desensitized children, man conventions carolyn we've worked them for how like for the last few years and she has i mean our horror is starting to, it's it's getting more because she only ever used to do a pennywise very small pennywise drawn all bought by kids yep yep all bought by children i think mm-hmm. the argument with desensitizing like say that goes back so long like they can blame it on whatever things it's like that argument all over again i don't think it's desensitizing to movies and stuff I think it's desensitizing to bad writing or bad movies. That's the thing, because <clears throat> as you've said, as we've spoke about now, there's a lot of horror movies now that become stale and they try and push the boat out. Like the last, like we've had a few okay ones, like Evil Dead Rising. Nothing really new to come home, but it was a, it was a good movie. Um, the recent Halloween trilogy. Now, hey, <laughs> I was behind. <laughs> <laughs> the recent Halloween trilogy, like we say, we've got a great first part, an okay second part, and a horrific third part. <laughs> yeah, so, let's all agree on that one. <laughs> uh, but... I'd just gotten my tattoo done as well and everything. I was sitting in the cinema staring at it like, why? <laughs> why, Michael? <laughs> but like as you said, now with the Terrifier, we don't know what's going to be coming next. So yeah. we, we've got like a trailer for T- Terrifier 3 and it's going to be a Christmas mm-hmm. movie. And already, the, if they're going to ramp it up, like the only thing that terrifies them more at Christmas is seeing kids getting hacked up. Like, if, like as you Santa said, the boys, like, if he's if it's Santa art, then fuck me, we're all in for a ride there. But, um, I, it's strange because I love horror movies that much. Like when we do horror movie season, like and Sammy does, like on the Monday nights does the monster movies. Uh, it's so entertaining because. Being scared is so fun, but these films go beyond scaring <laughs> you. They go beyond. I, I think they literally the name does fit <laughs> fit what what you experience, and it is a terrifier. Um, but again, what would like say you with you loving these movies, Kay? What would you do for the third one? How would you ramp it up? How would you oh. take it to that next level? I am not the mastermind that is Damien Leone. No, but what would you what would you like what would you like to see? Like what what you haven't already seen from art? What are you looking for? Well, first of all, yes, the kid. Um this mm-hmm. is nobody take this out of context. Don't <laughs> don't clip this or anything. The kid is fair game in my right. eyes. Yeah. Like this child walks down the stairs, is watching his all oh Santa. It's not Santa, surprise, it's art, it's a clown. Um mm-hmm. and if like even in the poster. Mm-hmm. Um, see it just down the bottom. Where is it here? Um, he has decorated the tree with yes. intestines. Um, oh, what? I don't yep. know whether it's on that poster or whether it's just in the trailer. I might be wrong, but he's decorated the tree with that intestines. Mm-hmm. Um, again, goes back to this whole thing of the spectacle exhibition and all that. So yeah, it's one thing 
like what Sorten did, to mm-hmm. include the child in the violence. Yeah. It's another to decimate the child and massacre the child in the violence and then display it. Yeah. Um, so for me, that is a limit that mm-hmm. I would like to see Terrify 3 push to. Nice. Um, so, so, so one of those things, like nothing's off the table. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. to me, that's the, the whole pull of the Terrifier franchise is that, yeah. you know, it's this no holes barred. We will do the most horrific, heinous stuff you've ever seen. Uh, and you're going to sit down, you're going to watch it and you're going to like it. So the only, your... thing I, the only thing I'm going to ask, if the director, like I say, I'm going to get all big headed here. If the director decides he wants to watch this podcast, please leave animals alone. No cats, yes. no dogs. No cats, no dogs. <laughs> We're totally cool. Like, kill the kids. Just don't fucking touch the cats. Yeah. Well, there was a Sick possum in Terrifier too. I mean... But that was already dead. So it wasn't like you didn't see the um, reaction type thing. But yeah. Kim, what's your what's your argument with people who say that Terrifier 2 is just go for go's sake? Oh, don't get me started on this. We need a whole other episode for this. So <laughs> my, the, the short version. My undergraduate dissertation focused on what critics dubbed torture porn. Mm -hmm. So that was the likes of Hostel and Saw. Um, And critics used that term to detract from this subgenre of horror and say that, you know, it's just go for the sake of go. There's no narrative and it's terrible and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Um, Where Saw was one of the cleverest horror movies that has been made in the last last couple of years, 20 years. You don't have to tell me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am a big Saw fan. Even though I don't like Go, Saw fucked me up and I did not see that twist coming. Fuck fuck the sixth sense for twists. Saw was the better one. That was so good. But Mm -hmm. with Go, I I get it on the tin when you look at Terrifier, especially if I was someone who wasn't necessarily immersed in the horror genre Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And I was just a casual viewer, someone who every now and then at Halloween, oh, what should we watch? Let's put on a scary film. What have you heard about? Oh, Terrifier. Cool, let's put that on. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some of my friends were the same where they do do like horror films, but they're not, you know, they don't love it. Um, And they had heard me talking about Terrifier. I would say, oh, I'm getting a new tattoo. And they're like, oh, we'll give it a watch. Mm -hmm. And they got maybe halfway through the first film and they were like, what the hell is this? Why have you made right. us watch this? It is horrific. And it, mm. again, it's just go for the sake of go. It's just mm. gross. And I had this whole, like, had a little mini lecture with them. <laughs> <laughs> little teaching moment. Pulled out the whiteboard. Like... So, so come with me. I'm going to take you on a journey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to sound very convoluted. And I, I get it if people don't want to get on board with this. And it's fine. But one of the things that I found really interesting in horror scholarship is the idea of catharsis. Hmm. Um, So it's the idea that a lot of people who enjoy horror films do so because they've suffered trauma or because they've suffered horrible things in their life. And Hmm. watching a horror film gives them the opportunity to suspend their belief, like what you were saying before, step outside of their own lived experience and just confirm and validate themselves that horrible things do unfortunately happen in the world. Because I think there's a lot of toxic positivity that goes around at the moment. Hmm. Yeah. And that's not good for anyone, um, especially if you're struggling with mental health or anything like that. It can be quite a, a horrible thing to sit through when everyone's just saying to your face, you know, fuck your ideas up, smile, life's great, <laughs> lots of shining rainbows. Yeah. Sometimes you need to watch a homicidal clown and say, no, life sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that answer. I absolutely love that answer. That, yeah, life shit, let's go and watch some fucked up clown. Love Get your it. anger out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. It's half the reason why we watch horror is to, you know, look at look up and go. It's okay. Mm-hmm. That didn't yeah, happen my to life us. isn't that bad. That yeah. didn't happen to us. We're <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> I'm not strung upside down getting cut from genitals to neck. No. So yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were done with that bit. Oh, no, we've never got done with this bit. I did promise, though, because yeah. um, normally we do have clips and stuff during like uh, the episodes. I, I did promise that I wouldn't show any clips of the movie just in case uh, anyone got upset or... Uh, or YouTube decided to take us down again, so <laughs> that, that yeah. would have be, been quite an interesting tale to tell with a few. Of we, these we didn't ones. get taken down for Quiplash, but Terrifier would definitely yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I know we've talked about like this here, the Terrifier as well. But going off to like the genre itself, what other horror movies, like say, would you say is your bag? That, that or your go-to, uh, even to give some of the like people in the chat some. Uh, recommendations that they might not have like like looked at mm. um this is this is a good question because i feel like i'm a bit all over the place with my horror in the sense That's that fine. a lot of people will find their subgenre. Um, it might be paranormal for example and that is their bag um yeah. and for reasons i've spoken about previously on your lovely podcast me and supernatural have not gotten along um <laughs> yes uh, like, uh, i remember that now because we were going to get you oh, on to have them stories right, about yes. them yes yeah uh, no, no that's going to be an interesting one again <laughs> yeah when but again long story short exorcisms in real life aren't what they're made out to be mm. on on the films and on the cameras mm-hmm. um but they're still not fun no um so me and supernatural horror didn't get along for a long time so when it comes to the horror that i like a lot of people will generally look at my tattoos Mm -hmm. and they'll be like okay you must love the nun i absolutely hate the nun i think it's a terrible film yeah um okay you must love michael myers i did then they ruined him Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) okay you must love saw yes that one i still love Mm -hmm. but uh we don't talk about spiral because that was absolutely horrific and not so fucking like spiral no <laughs> i absolutely despise from three up until jigsaw mm-hmm. like i i have found this whole new fucking love for the saw franchise and the first two unreal hate the middle bit fucking on board for jigsaw and i really like spiral i thought it was such a different take i actually didn't fucking hate chris rock I, for a second that, that was the thing spiral itself wasn't a great movie but chris rock let's 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 get the surprise out of here isn't irritating in this movie. He's not he Chris Rock in this movie. No, he was. I, gen- I didn't I was, want to I slap him like Will Smith did, but so that's. But <laughs> I gotta say, the new one, hmm. I, for, it, honestly, no. that and Evil Dead Rise is kind of like where I'm at of this year's films. Like them are my top two. Mm. See, I, I like the Saw one, but yeah. it probably the only thing that was disappointing about this Saw one, the new Saw Saw Ten, it probably was the most predictable of the franchise. Like, mm. everything that went on, you could, like, like from the start, you thought it was going to get cancer. But is from... it only predictable because we've seen nine other Saw films? Mm, possibly, yes. I'll, I'll give you that one, yes, yeah. But I if am you, not, if, but you... I'm not that clever. I'm right. not clever enough to go, this is, I'm not. The only time I've ever felt clever in the last mm. bit was watching Midnight Mass. Mm. And you mm. instantly, straight away, what the fuck was going on? And I was I even shocked myself, but I am quite naive when it comes to movie watching. I just sit and watch. I am literally watching as it happens. And I can't quite sit and my, my husband can work shit out in the first few seconds and go, called it. Like I mm. can't do that. So I love the fact that I went on this whole whole part with just John Kramer. Mm-hmm. Just 
John throughout the whole entire thing and I didn't fucking see it all coming. I didn't. Because I'm I that stupid. So, other than I realize so... I've just completely ignored your question, Paul. So... No, that's fine. Don't worry. What was the question? <laughs> the, uh, the horrors that I do like. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it happens a lot, though. Don't worry. <laughs> Sam just blows over us all the time. It's like, oh, what a Paul's here. Fuck, Paul. It's fine. No, <laughs> um, to answer your question, the horrors that I do like, um, I really enjoy the ones that make you think. Uh, in contrast to Terrifier, which I feel like you don't have to do a lot of thinking because it's just a lot of overt in-your-face go. Um, I really enjoy men. If you Terrifier, you'd be scared of that. But yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> men I've heard a lot about. Men. I've had yeah. heard a lot about. A lot of people say it's the most fucked up film they've seen in a long time. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. it is uh, it is crazy. Um, I also love Jordan Peele's films. Um, ah. I love Us. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Love oh, Us. I, I, I'm one of the only people that like Nope. I thought Nope, nope was nope. was brilliant. Nope was fucking fantastic. It was so <laughs> oh, it was so cleverly done. Um, the only one I can't get away with is what the cloning one. Us, us, the one that I like. Yeah. The... <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, it's the other one. It's the um, Get Out. I absolutely adore Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, us. I, I, there was just there was just some bits. I thought, the acting I, in, I thought the acting in Us was brilliant. Like the kids oh, and everything was like normally kids in horror, uh, as you said, are annoying and you it, want them to um, die, but they don't touch. But these Le- kids, you want them to live. Is it Lapita Nyong'o? Yes. My goodness, she was fucking phenomenal, and phenomenal mm. in that. Um, but no, I thought it was so fucking clever. Mm-hmm. The thing is with Jordan Peele, he doesn't have to be overly fucking clever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have to be so convoluted that it doesn't make sense even though us for me it's and it's just me because everyone else i've spoke to gets it i just can't for some reason mm-hmm. um but he's me and my sister were talking about him the, um yesterday actually just how it doesn't have to be the it doesn't have to be the most over complicated story to get a point across that's interesting though because a lot of people's criticisms with nope was that they didn't get it Mm-hmm. Um, oh really yeah because it, it's at its heart it's a film about exploitation mm-hmm. um and we're looking it's at activity. exploitation for capitalist gain mm-hmm. um you know you've got this monkey who for capitalist gain he's on the show and stuff like that mm-hmm. and he's tried horribly and then obviously it all backfires and he mm-hmm. he goes on his little rampage and then it, it's the same thing with the the alien you know mm-hmm. they're exploiting it for money and then eventually the alien's like no thank you um you i'm die. gonna deal with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole thing of the, it's it's a so simple fact that you can't keep an animal in a cage and it yeah. was just that simple idea that spanned into what we got i just thought we watched it in new i think new it was our new year movie and i was just mesmerized even though i was absolutely convinced that what we were looking at was a jellyfish <laughs> understandable you'd be forgiven <laughs> that's, that's what an alien could look like we never know the truth is out there as more the keeps I... telling us um, but yeah, I just I absolutely adore Jordan Peele's films. So what other what and, other ones would you say, Kate? Oh well, not uh, this one wasn't fully Jordan Peele. I know Jordan Peele was involved. I think in the writing for it, but Nia DaCosta's Candyman. Right. Oh, oh my god, love that film. Oh, I got I it on the second Arabia. watching because the first watching I was expecting like just basically more like the Candyman that we got originally, and it was much more. So I kind of was disappointed when I first watched it, but I enjoyed it more for the second watch, and it's a, it's one that you can watch and you get more from it, I, I believe. Yeah. 
I feel like that. We I watched it by myself. I watched it when I was because I once a year I come and watch my mum's dogs while they go on holiday, and I made the dog sit and watch it with us. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I'm again. This is just me. I have to just watch as it happens and just go along with it as it happens. But when I was deconstructing it all to my husband on the phone, that's when I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. When I yeah. finally started like deconstruct it and talk about it, and I was like, and, and just at the end, I just went, "Holy fucking shit! That was such a good fucking film." So why it's did you amazing. like it, though, Kia? Honestly, this is this is probably not the answer people expect, but I love the soundtrack in it and the oh, sound no. design. Mm. Um, it is fantastic. It's the same reason I really enjoy the Babadook. Um, I think the sound design in that is mm. just beautiful. I remember when I watched the Babadook for the first time, and it's the scene where um, you know, they have the little pop-up book. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she, the mother hears the knock at the door, and mm. then all of the sounds really ramping up. And then it goes completely silent when we see this book sitting on a doorstep. And it, it's just, oh, I just, mm. I love sound design. Um, mm. And the soundtrack for Candyman, it's beautiful how it incorporates that, mm. um, the soundtrack from the, the original film. Yeah. And mm. there's little like hallmarks and nods to it, but it's still yes. its own thing. And it sounds so, I don't know, it maybe sounds a bit weird to say, but it sounds so full. And when you're talking about a film that's about gentrification mm. um, yeah. and, societies that are full but then are excluded and pushed out it's mm-hmm. i think it's interesting that they encapsulate encapture that in the soundtrack mm-hmm. um and the way it like weaves its way in throughout the film yeah. slowly as it like builds as the tension builds it's just fantastic mm-hmm. but i think that with a lot of horror movies like live and die by the soundtrack or the sounds that they use as well like as mm-hmm. i mentioned with the terrifier movies as well a big thing is the sound because even if you turn yeah. away you can't not hear what's going on as well and if you go back to the classics like halloween at the soundtrack for halloween like jaws has one of the most scariest sounds you'll ever hear if you ever hear dirdum when you're in the sea you'll be getting the <laughs> fuck out of that water as quick as possible a lot of people don't give credit to like the sound that you hear in these movies as well i think that is a lost art well not a lost art it's an art that's underappreciated overlooked yeah, yeah. Overlooked. like terrifier like you say one of my favorite things about terrifier is this there's this like really low bassy reverb that plays whenever one of the characters is having a really like pertinent mm. moment where they they come to a realization about something or something horrible has happened to them mm. uh, and obviously the the vibes in terrifier 2 are very much like 80s vibes so it, it fits with that completely it's also mm. like you know similar to what stranger things have done mm. um where it takes you back to that and you you're sitting and you're you're reliving re-watching that sort of era that time because of all these sounds yeah. that were thrown around or the colors and stuff like that and terrifier 2 does that as well where we are taken from that grainy grindhouse horror from the first yeah. film into mm-hmm. this transformed beautiful almost terrifier 2 film with these lovely sounds that are so full again like the the reverb base it, it gives you that feeling of you're sitting mm-hmm. watching it and when you hear that sound come in you kind of go oh mm-hmm. and you have a <laughs> yeah. moment yourself to sort of reflect on what's just happened yeah sounds it sounds a big we were talking it we had a interesting conversation we had a few actually on soundtracks when it comes to monsters and um, we had a really good one on Idle Hands because that is obviously heavily filled with That is just music. a nice player play, Yeah, it really is. It is. <laughs> but this is this is what we we're talking about was just we back in like the nineties, we were going to movies for soundtracks. If you look at Queen of the Damned, that is compl- like that is probably the first example I can think of. 
I went to see that film because of the soundtrack. Jonathan Davis wrote the whole soundtrack. I was going for well, the soundtrack that. was better than the movie, shall we say? Oh, younger. absolutely. <laughs> um, but, but then you you've got the flip side of it where you've got mm-hmm. this, the actual score and not the soundtrack. So when it comes to the thing, mm-hmm. there is no score, and mm-hmm. you are reliant upon yourself to pick to actually feel the emotion you're meant to be feeling at that time. Whereas in other movies, you have a score that will depict to you what it is you should be feeling. And we have. I love talking about like music. Go back to the old universe. Go back to the old Universal horror movies as well, where there was no sound or no music at all. Like Dracula was done with looks and and Dracula has um at the beginning. It's this. What is it? It's it's ballet music. The that is the only bit of music that is played, and it's right at the beginning of the title score, and then that's it. Zoom. Um, completely and utterly gone. But it, it, and is there music in the Invisible Man with the the, the killer eh? that is Claude Rains? No, I don't think <sighs> Claude Rains, <laughs> my Lord and Savior Claude Rains. Um, oh, I don't, I can't remember. I don't think like you is. didn't think the, the the Invisible Man was going to get mentioned on the Terrifier episode, but yeah, okay. um, <laughs> he is he is the he is the boy. He is the boy of the Monster Podcast. Even though he's been taken off his throne, he's still he's still the best. Um. So with the horror genre, as we say, like Saw's had ten movies, Scream's now coming up to screen seven. Um, like I think there's thirteen Halloween movies, or and so many Friday the Thirteenth. Um, how many Friday the Thirteenth now? Thirteen. There's more. Eleven, sixteen. I did a Jason episode not long ago. I should remember this. <laughs> how many do you th- like? I know you'll probably say unlimited, but how many more movies do you think the Terrifier has in it? Because, as you said, uh, if it's going to keep ramping up that level... You are like, hitting yes. number three right now. Yeah. I think four. Um, mm-hmm. I think four is the line. Um, I Like, as much as I love the franchise, it's it's something that Leone himself has commented on. Um, he has agreed that, you know, after a while, it does just become a bit of a cash grab. Um, yeah. And we're just sort of exploiting these characters because, yes, fan bases love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but another point that he addressed is that the longer these franchises go on, obviously they they surpass their original intended narrative. So mm-hmm. then they're having to come up with all these convoluted storylines that don't really make sense and they don't really tie in. And then you get timelines and we don't know which timeline we're following. <clears throat> Michael Myers. Um, and it just or, becomes Marvel or a Supernatural. Mess. <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes a mess. But also the more you bring that character back, mm-hmm. This this is kind of a double-edged sword in the sense that the more we are exposed to a character, the more we take ownership of that character mm-hmm. as fans. So what you see with Myers and Voorhees and stuff like that is the fans see this character and the more they're exposed to them, the less afraid they become, especially in horror. Yeah. And then that character just becomes like, oh, he's so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh-huh, it was so funny. Uh-huh. You know, and <laughs> Leone. <laughs> Great impression. Uh- He's so cute. I can fix him, you know. <laughs> oh God! I don't want to. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. Just give that him a Leone bit of a wash, himself. just like, like clean him up a little bit. Yeah. Stay away. <laughs> um, Leone himself has said that he doesn't want that to happen for art. His goal is that he wants to remind people with Terrifier Three that no, this guy is disgusting. He is vile and abhorrent, and his his behaviors are absolutely horrific. He wants you to feel disgusted. Um, and he wants you to sit back and go, this guy is an absolute maniac and I hate him. Um, so do you think there's a bit of a responsibility in the fan base as well just to say, chill the fuck out and yeah, just enjoy it what be, you've got? Type it thing. would be very refreshing if this, if it was just 
three, four movies because horror is well known for like, let's fucking drain this. Yeah. So it would be really refreshing if that were to be the case and maybe like give it a wide, wide berth and then kind of come back to it, but don't fucking milk it because that you feel that's what pe- the people well, want. Everyone's looking for a franchise. Like even if like you look at not horror, if you look at like everyone's looking for the next Harry Potter or next Jurassic Park where they can just keep like they don't even have to make a good movie, they just bring it out and people will pay money to go and see it. But as you said, this does feel like a different breed of horror movies where um most horror movies that go to straight a DVD or don't get a cinema run they probably wouldn't get there but the quality as you said like you can see the quality from terrifier one to terrifier two getting better and even in the trailer for terrifier three it looks like it's at a higher level as well so it's definitely doing something right in Mm. that way again it's not going to be for everyone's taste it's not going to make everyone happy but it is refreshing that this is out there and this is kind of um (laughs) Kind of doing I've its just own read thing. the last. Have you read the last comment? Yeah, yeah, we both read it. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say? Failure to failure launch to launch remake with art. <laughs> oh, well done, Dave. <laughs> He'll be laughing at also, himself. Also, Chris on art in a rom com. <laughs> didn't. But to be fair, the first I would class like say almost the first Terrifier was almost like romantic comedy, like. Just a star, a, a poor clown sees a pretty girl across the table at a cafe, giving her eyes, but then a a, a pissed a best friend makes a tit about herself, and so he has to take action. I quite liked her. <laughs> I really liked her, especially when she shouts out from the car, "My friend needs to have a piss." <laughs> I was like, "Yep, that's the kind of friend I want." We've all been there. So. Again, when we do the review episodes, I know it's not reviewing just one movie, it's reviewing the franchise. I know it's going to be a pretty st- stupid question to ask you here. If you're going to rate this out of five, what would, what what score would you give it? Six dismembered fingers out of five. <laughs> right. Oh. So, oh, you know, we can create that graphics at some point. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, I like yes. that. So there's nothing you would change in this movie at all? Like, would going back, would, is no. anything that you would do differently? So, right, the only the only criticism that I can kind of get on board with mm-hmm. is the misogyny right. side of things. So, in no way am I an expert <laughs> on gender-based violence and stuff like that in horror. It's not my area to talk about mm-hmm. misogyny and gender-based violence, but I have yeah. done some reading on it, so I know a little bit, but I'm not an expert, so mm-hmm. don't come for me. Um, so, a lot of people critique the Terrifier films by saying it feels very misogynistic. Um, there's a lot mm. of exploitation going on there, especially with the hacksaw scene with Dawn. Mm. Um, we can argue, for the sake of cinema, that having her clothes on would have meant she was harder to saw through. But <laughs> it would have clogged it up. <laughs> like it's, it's science. <laughs> it's it's that that friction does happen. Come on, people. <laughs> but yeah, like for me. Was it a bit unnecessary that she was completely naked? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's disproportionate with the sense that when you look at Terrifier 2, mm-hmm. um, so art does kill men throughout mm-hmm. Terrifier 1 and 2, but mm-hmm. someone did make a good point that I saw online of art seems to only kill men when they're in the way of the woman he's targeting. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I, yeah, and it was quite interesting when I thought about it that way because I was like, you're right. Actually, yeah, it's just men that are in the way of the women that he's targeting. Um, But it's disproportionate in the sense that we see Dawn completely naked Mm -hmm. in the hacksaw scene. 
But in Terrifier 2, Brooke's boyfriend, partner, whatever he is, I don't know, um, when he gets his uh, sausage chopped off, mm-hmm. we're not really seeing a lot. Um, he might yes, not have right. a, a lot to see, but let's be honest. But <laughs> it might have been cold that day, but yeah. True. I'm trying to give you the guy some bread, credit. So. <laughs> no, but I do get, I do get yeah. what you mean. It's yeah. the, the idea that it's all right for the woman to be on display, but oh God, good God, do not show a penis getting cut off. But we'll go like, and drive. Oh, is that I must admit, there is obviously after after it's done, after the deed is done, Art does then go up to the car window and he's holding it up against the car window. Amazing. Absolutely. So, like it is there, it is mm. there. Um, <laughs> you are I, really fucking selling this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like wiping it across the window in front of his girlfriend. Like, look. <laughs> This was in your um, mouth earlier, but yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did take it there. Sorry. Um, again, just to play argument's sake, I know this probably isn't the right way to say it, but to me, and again, probably to a lot of people, seeing a woman in that display again, it's more scary. But let's be honest, it's more realistic. If a serial killer was yeah. going to target people, again, it's not nice to say. But that mm-hmm. is a more realistic situation that potentially could happen. And yeah, but that's one mm. of the pros for me in the mm. sense of the terrifier films is that we we have mm. we have Dawn who is strung mm. up and she is naked, but mm. they haven't ventured into sexual like sexualized mm. horror in the sense of we're not seeing art um doing things to yeah. her. No. Um and for yeah. me that's a line that if they cross that, then I would probably be like, mm. Mm. That's yeah, I I get that they didn't. They didn't there go full no, Evil Dead type thing. No, there was no sexualization whatsoever. Yes, that woman was completely naked, upside down. But to me, that was not sexualized. It's that was just—it's probably it like Kia said. Convenient. It's, it's more function because, yeah. as you, as Kia said, it's easier to source someone in half if they haven't got layers on. That's going to. Oh, can we please soap. stop talking about this thing? <laughs> <laughs> but th- that's what I like is the fact that the focus isn't on sexualized violence, which yeah. it yes. often has been the case in horror, mm. and it oh, is solely God, focused. Yes. <laughs> it's solely focused on brutality and gore, which that is what mm. the franchise the- sets itself out to be. It's the kill. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's nothing else but the kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes. I like that. But I think Kinda. that's, I think I like, I like the way that ended though there. So we'll leave it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's based on the kill rather than that. So yes. So yeah. I'll not ask Sammy to rate this film because we know it's not going <laughs> to feature highly, but yes. No, no, not no, for any other reason than it's just, this is not my, this is not my horror. And to be honest, I don't know if it's even made for me, like as in, I like older horror, uh, you know, older, older, I love Universal Monsters and 80s horror, mm. 70s horror. Um, so I don't know if it is actually made for me, but I thoroughly enjoy talking about it. Again, this, this is why I like, I, I love doing stuff like this because it gets us excited about it. Mm. Like I, I couldn't do it myself. So yeah, you tell me why you like it and I'll see well, how I feel about that. Because everyone's got different opinions. Like and no one's ever gonna agree anything, but like it's coming on and like having the conversation. And mm-hmm. rather than like say as you find out with a lot of internet forums or, or groups where people mention the terrifier, they just say the word no, not gonna watch. And it's like, why? It's it's, not, it's gore. But yes, it it has got a lot of gore in, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. other elements in it as well. But Again, we've managed to talk for an hour and a half mm-hmm. about one character. Yep. So he's doing something right. Can't it can't just be all gore. Yes. <laughs> so 
Um, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap that up there, Kia? No, essentially just you, you covered it all there. But yeah, I think Terrifier and stuff like that, it's it's one of those things where a lot of people will just brush it off and say, no, it's not for me. But mm-hmm. for me, the best thing that anyone can do is just give everything a chance. Um, or even if you can't bring yourself to watch it, fair mm-hmm. enough. But <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but I love it. I like I love discussions like this yeah. where people can just you know i can share what i love about it and you don't have to agree with me and that's completely fine and i don't expect you to agree with me Mm -hmm. but for me what i thrive on is is horror theory it's why i do what i do Mm -hmm. um and for me just getting to share some of that theory and if someone can take that theory and apply it to something that they enjoy you know i might not be a big fan of dracula but Mm -hmm. if you can take a theory of transgression or spectacle or whatever and apply it to that text and go Mm -hmm. oh actually i see how that works then my job is done and i'm happy (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing I, yeah. i'm always i always love the conversation and i love seeing people getting excited about the thing as well the, the excitement part as well seeing you light up which probably is probably is the wrong thing to say at the thing when you're talking about basically <laughs> um, the, 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 the decimation of a body or art beating his horn like you, you smiled the same way art being silly as art killing someone it has just been a rubbing salt in someone's wound but yeah um <laughs> so yes so we we are just to let you know. Sorry, guys, we aren't live next Sunday. We are going to be doing absolutely fucking not. <laughs> no, we are doing a pre-recorded midweek episode, so that will be out yeah. on Sunday. But we are doing Nick Cage movies next week. So, yes, so we yes. Are delving into the madness that is Nick Cage. Uh, tomorrow <laughs> night is a very good episode. I've watched clips of it because I've been when I've been putting together the Pet Cemetery episode where Dan and Sam are uh, from Monsters Up North from seven o'clock tomorrow. Uh, they're talking about the Pet Cemetery franchise. Now that is a good franchise, and the remake is decent. I'll I'll give it its due. Um, the prequel, I, I do have views on but me and samuel have a conversation about that in private um, <laughs> trekking up north is back on friday the lovely graham and goodwill are back and they're not doing lower decks this time they are doing uh a random episode of trek this time so um uh, random world or random uh hell they end up in at some point um but then we are going to be changing the format to the sunday episode a little bit not too much so don't get scared guys <laughs> We are going to be trying more focused on episodes like tonight's episode where we are reviewing films, reviewing franchise, reviewing TV shows. Because let's be honest, that's what me and Sammy actually like. <laughs> we enjoy it so much. and finding Yeah, out we kind of shot ourselves in the foot by starting off by doing top fives because then we kind of like pigeonholed ourselves into, oh, that's what we're going to be doing is top fives. And we're like, oh, but we really want to fucking just talk about films. <laughs> that's all we want to do. <laughs> But yes, don't worry, we won't just talk about the Goonies. And Kia, have you We've got already anything... done the Goonies, it's okay, it's covered. <laughs> it'll, it'll come back one more time. Oh, <laughs> Goonies never say a die. Um, <laughs> anything you want to promote there, Kia? Anything that you've um, got working on or you've got planned? If I can. I mean, it's yeah. not necessarily my thing. I'm just being a little bit of a cheerleader for it at the minute. But I have a lovely friend. Um, he is a fantastic YouTuber, Dan Drambles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's working on a project called Terabytes at the moment which is a documentary series with the creators of In Search of Darkness, which is Fangoria. Oh, my God. What? Sorry, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they are essentially trying to put together a documentary series on the history of horror video games. Um, But what they need to make that happen is they need some survey responses. They need to see the interest in it. 
So I think it's Terabyte Stock is their Instagram. Um, obviously, if anyone can check it out, like the page, give it a follow, just engage with it. Make sure you fill out that survey, basically. Send check us it the out. link. To, send <laughs> us the link. Kim will get it attached to this episode. No, yes. I'll, like saying, I'll get I'll, I'll definitely do I love the end of the darkness and um, what they do for do, like horror documentaries. So 100 percent aboard with yeah, Send us the link stuff. and we'll get it attached to the end of this. Yes. Awesome. And hopefully, like I say, okay, we haven't scared her off too much with this talk. We'll have her back soon to do some reviews. I know um, we're not touching on many horror films coming up, but I'm sure there's some things we can rope you in. Or I'm sure you like other stuff, <coughs> but horror. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one-trick pony. Bless her. I like One Piece. I like anime. Let's do oh. some stuff about anime. <laughs> Yes. Wow. Well, okay. Just we might be talking at some point. <laughs> cool. So yes. So that was the terrifier. I hope we haven't left you too terrified, guys. Ooh. Um. But yes. Like, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the channel. Um. Please follow us on YouTube. Please follow us on Instagram, Spotify. Um. Apple Music will be on. Uh. Facebook. Yeah. This this episode will actually be up on. Um, audio tomorrow so be on the lookout for that if you are an audio listener mm-hmm. oh you've got Lee excited with one piece bless him um <clears throat> but yes so same bat time same bat channel see you nerdy everyone bye, bye. bye.